Hello and welcome to the podcast of the damned. I'm your host Ian and joining me as always is my co-host Nico. How's it going buddy? I'm good, how are you? I am fantastic. We, we're going to have a big show today. I think so. We're, I think we're so. hitting a classic. We're hitting a classic because we've, we've, we've not, I mean, we've what, done two movies this year and one of them is possibly the worst movie of all time. And one of them, whilst we both really enjoyed it, you know, it's 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 a new movie. It's an independent film. It's not, you know, it's not going to go down as one of those sort of like all time classics. Um, but today we are touching. Well, not for some people. This is this is one of those polarizing things, and this is going to bring up an old old debate for me and you. It it's going to have links to an old debate, yeah. So prepare yourselves, guys, because this is episode number twenty seven, and on today's show we're talking about. 1980s Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. This is a movie that I have never like in all my 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 years now of podcasting and doing movie reviews and things. I've never ever taught like reviewed The Shining. I always found this like a quite an intimidating movie to sort of start biting into. Why? There's just well number one. There's just so much to talk about like and this. I think this is a film. And people will get this from our previous debates. This probably is a film that polarizes like no other. Oh yeah. Like I think this could be one of the most polarizing films of all time because it's not a case of you either love this film or you hate this film. The people who love this film think this is the greatest film of all time. Yeah. And the people who hate this film, like obviously hate the film. So it's not a case yeah. of, oh, you just like it or hate it. You either th- seem to either think that this is one of the greatest movies of all time, or you think it's dr- the drizzling shits. Yeah. So there, There's not a lot of people in between, that's for sure. There is not. Um, we'll also have, we'll, we will talk about our, the, the, we'll probably talk a little bit about Doctor Sleep as well in this episode, so I think for some con- contextual stuff, um, which I'm sure... Our listeners are very delighted to hear us get back into. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, uh, the, oh, you the, just wait. Did, just wait until what we're going to be covering next week. <laughs> oh Jesus! But uh, the the funny part is about this. Like before I started rewatching it, I just remembered the meme that was going about the summertime happy film of the year. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I th- like, like it just, like, the music was playing, Peter Gabriel was playing over the top of it in my head as the scene coming into the, instead of the actual ominous music, you know, and I'm just thinking, I- I'm going into this with the wrong mindset already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, anyways, we should probably do a little bit of housekeeping before we actually start talking about the episode you can follow us on twitter at damned podcast we're on facebook instagram and tiktok podcast of the damned you can rate and review us on apple Podcasts and spotify we would really appreciate that that helps us get out to more ear holes in the world um you can email us pod of the damned at gmail.com and you can support us on patreon patreon.com forward slash pod of the damned and you can sign up there from just one pound Every single pound that goes towards us on there helps keep the lights on, helps us to continue improving things like equipment and and all that jazz. So, yeah, that really does go a long, long way to helping us out. If you haven't already done so, please do check out our previous episode where we were talking all about the special with the director of the movie, B. Harrison Smith. Um, We've got a really good response to that episode since it came out. Nico, I'm sure you... You, you'll agree with me that it was it was a special it was a special interview. 
Oh, Jesus. Like, I, I was expecting something special like that, but not as special as that moment. Yeah, it was very, very special. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Special, special, special. Right, anyway. <laughs> no, that, it really was a great interview, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, like Harrison's just so much fun to talk to, and he will literally talk to you about anything. I'm so glad that he's a Doctor Sleep fan as well. Okay, so shall we get into today's episode? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, let's go. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so today we are talking about The Shining. The Torrances are going to take care of the Overlook for us this winter. I'm outlining a new writing project. Five months of peace is just what I want. It's typical of you to create a problem like this when I really end my work. This movie was released in 1980, was directed by Stanley Kubrick and stars Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall and Danny Lloyd. The IMDb plot is as follows. A family heads to an isolated hotel for the winter where a sinister presence influences the father into violence. Whilst his psychic son sees horrific horrific forebodings from both past and future. I, I swear one day I'll be able to do the plot without fucking up one word. Nah, don't believe it. Okay. Uh, taglines for this movie, they're, they're pretty shit, to be honest. The horror is driving him crazy. Meh. Uh, he came as the caretaker, but this hotel had its own guardians who'd been there a long time. It's a bit wordy. Yeah, that's a bit it's a little too bit wordy. much. Okay, right, so, we'll, shall we, we'll, we'll get this part of the, the sort of debate out the way straight ahead, right? Because obviously, anyone who's listened to me and you do any sort of podcast before will know that we have a big, big, big sort of differing, difference of opinions when it comes to Dr. Sleep. Yes. Right, so, number one, do you or do you not like The Shining? I love The Shining. Okay. I also love The Shining. So we're in agreement there. We're yes. not going to be disagreeing then too much about this, this movie. Yes. Is it better or worse than Dr. Sleep? Uh, I do prefer The Shining to Doctor Sleep, but I do like the fact that Doctor Sleep has the shiny ending. 
not the, well well the, we'll, we'll get into that won't we yeah so well that, well we can, we can kind of just torta dive straight into that so like obviously people listen if you're a fan of horror movies if you've done any sort like listen to a number of podcasts i don't really think there's a huge amount of new there's no real new information we can give you that you know that's not sort of generally common knowledge out there and one of them of course is that stephen king who wrote the novel of the shining completely disowned this movie um you know him and stanley kubrick had big falling out and you know he he essentially hated what Kubrick ended up doing with the characters and, and the plot, because he essentially changed the plot. Yeah, but Kubrick does that with everything. Like, Clockwork Orange, it ends earlier than what it should do in the book. Yeah. You know you know what I mean? This one, he just changes the ending totally. Okay, so, so. I'm assuming, therefore, that you... Well, well, number one, I'm assuming, have you read the book? Yes. Yes. Okay, I read the book a long, long time ago, but I have read it, Same. so... Forgive me if, like, any of the information that I give about the book is, is maybe not 1 million percent accurate, but I... Because I, it's been a long time, but... Um, which ending do you prefer, then? Hey, I prefer the ending in the book, hence why I like Doctor Sleep. Okay, and um, what's your issues, then, with the, the ending of The Shining? I don't really have issues with it. I just think, well, the... the it's... It's just it didn't stick to the source material. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. In this case, it did work, but it's just... I find it a bit boring in the end compared to what it is in the book, if that makes sense. So, well, well the phrase... Because that's a phrase that pops up when we're talking about these kind of scenarios and situations so often, and it's sticking to the source material, right? Yeah. I kind of have an issue with that. What? Like, where does it say that he should stick to the source material? Oh, no, I don't think there's anything wrong with not sticking to the source material. As I said, I like this movie, I like the ending, but I do prefer the book's ending, because I think it's... No, 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 I'm not not saying you specifically, but, like, a a big thing about a lot of people who do dislike this movie, because, you know, we both love this movie. Um, A big thing about people who dislike this movie is one of their big criticisms is how much it strays from the source material. And I just think, well, why why shouldn't it? This is Stanley Kubrick's visioning of this story. Well, yeah, but I think he basically... Like, Stanley Kubrick does like changing stuff a hell of a lot. As I said, Clockwork Orange was another one he did it with. He he stops it way, way too early. Like, the in the book, he becomes self-aware in that one. Whilst in this one... He just totally changes it instead of them blowing up the fucking hotel like they do in Doctor Sleep and it catching fire and getting rid of everything. You know what I mean? It, it basically he, he freezes to death instead. You know what I mean? Yeah, because there is a lot of changes. It's not just yeah. like there's one or two. There is a lot of changes. Um, and there's a lot of scenes in the film that aren't in the book as well. So like um, the here's johnny scene for example that's that's not in the book yeah um dick halloran survives in the uh, in the book i i was i was in court when a guy actually was up in the dock and he'd attacked the door of the bathroom and said here's johnny to his missus and he got off with it oh wow yeah because the the judge said well if she forgave you because the thing is right everyone in the court it made everyone in court laugh that's the fucking scary thing right <laughs> so he, go, he goes he quoted a famous movie line at this point and then the judge himself went i do believe the phrase is 
here's Johnny, and everybody in court laughed. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? I'm wow. Like, like, this is so weird. Welcome to so, Scottish yeah, courts, sorry. folks. Um, but yeah. yeah, so you've got, here's Johnny, you've got uh, Dick Halloran survives. The Hedge Maze isn't in the book. It's Hedge, it's hedge Monsters, isn't it? But, yeah. you know, that one I understand, you know, like, there was sort of constraints on it be actually being able to do that. It was 1980. Yeah. So that one I understand. Um, the phrase, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy, I don't think that's in the book, right? Uh, it's about 20 years ago since I read the book. I can't remember if that bit's it. It was listed down here as an iconic scene in the film that isn't in the book, so... Because, like, I do like that scene, so that's yeah. the thing, like, um, is it up? Do you know, so, like, and there's a whole list of other stuff, like, Jack doesn't freeze to death, as you were talking about. You know, there's yeah. a whole host of scenes in this, so, like, there's big, there is big, big changes. Um, yeah, because it's like, I remember the changes, like, the room number is different as well. It's 217 from in the, the book, book and 237 the... in the film. Yeah, and it, like there was a mate of mine who always used to be going on about the room. There's a specific reason for it being like that, and I'm like, fuck off. You know what I mean? It's just there's there, there's no reason for that apart from change it just for the sake of it. You know yeah. what I mean? Okay. So you so in terms of obviously you're talking about how you prefer the book ending to the movie ending, and I know it's been a long time since you read the book, but which over like if. Put the ending in with the rest of the the story. Which do you prefer, just overall? What do you mean? Do you prefer the overall book or the overall movie? See, I'm um, I'm not really a fan of books, but you know, I'm not. I don't read heaps and heaps of books, mm-hmm. and this is one I was absolutely glued to. So I love the book. So I'm not 100 certain because I do love the movie as well. I'm one of those people who'll chop and change of which one I like, you know. Okay, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Okay, so we'll we'll, we'll, be, we'll get into sort of various aspects of the movie that you do and dislike. Actually, before before we go any further, I'm, I I once again failed to do this before we started talking about the movie. Um, Nico, where do you think The Shining's going to sort of come on our leaderboard? See, I don't know about what. See, I think it should be top five. You think it's going to be a top five movie? But I don't know what, like, it would be scored with the Metacritics and all that, you know what I mean? Because some of their scores are fucked up. So I really want top five. I'll stick with top five. You're a top five. So that would mean it would have to be an 8.3 or above. Yeah. Yeah? Overall. I would I would really like it to be. Okay, so if, if it was to be top five, we would knock Nightmare on Elm Street out of the top five. Okay. 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 Well, we'll see what you uh, what it scores at the at the end of the fil- at the end of the episode. I just wanted to get your little prediction in there. Let's uh, let's talk about this 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 actual sort of ins and outs of this film. Shall we start with the positives? If you want, yeah. Okay. Um, this this film is beautifully shot. Yes. Like the, like cinemat- it- the cinematography of this film is amazing. But. That's like every fucking Kubrick film. They're all they're always like that. I've never seen one that wasn't shot well. Yeah, that's but that, obviously like obviously just because all of his films are beautifully shot doesn't take away from how beautifully shot this film is. Yeah. So I I think I, th- I mean you just look at some of the some of the sort of iconic imagery you've got there, and you get it from the very opening shot when you've got that sort of long shot of the car winding up the road, haven't you? With what is another massive positive in this film, the incredible score in the background, that that iconic shining music, which is yeah. possibly the best fucking bit in Doctor Sleep, by the way. 
I like the fact they used the original music as well. Like it, it does link the movies well together. <sighs> but the thing is, because Doctor Sleep is a follow-up to the movie and the book, that's why Doctor Sleep changes itself. That's why Doctor Sleep sucks ass. Um... No, it doesn't. <laughs> it, it, he's trying to marry together this movie with the book he, he's got such a tall order to do and I think he did it really well oh listen I'm not blaming Mike Flanagan for having like I'm a, a tall order of a task to do I actually talked about this when I was telling you about the guest spot I did on the You Run podcast where we ended up doing Doctor Sleep this movie's just gonna fucking haunt me maybe I have the shine <laughs> and Doctor yeah. Sleep is like my ghost that I need to put in a box no I, I think you should embrace the box and realise how good that box is. No, not this particular box. What <laughs> <laughs> oh, you like? Anyways, we're not t- we're not here to talk about Doctor Sleep. Yeah, please, for the love of God. <laughs> um, but yeah, the cinematography and the score are just both phenomenal for this film. Possibly some of the most iconic in horror, right? Yeah. Cool. Okay, well, so what about... So let's talk about, like, the actual characters then. Because yeah. we've got in here... We've got, um, obviously, Jack Nicholson, who plays Jack Torrance. We've got Shelley Duvall playing Wendy. You've got Scatman Crothers playing Dick Halloran. Um, you've got Danny Lloyd playing Little Danny. That, I mean, that's, that's kind of it in terms of your sort of core cast obviously we've got some other people and ghosts and things and that showing up but that's it for our sort of main cast now yeah. I think we'll start off with wendy we'll start off with shelly duval because her performance is possibly what is the most polarizing performance of the film but is that not because he fucking terrified her through the whole movie he... like he kept her on okay, edge so, all the way so just before we go any further because we were already a quarter of an hour into this episode. Stanley Kubrick's a fucking piece of shit. Oh yeah, we all know that. Like an absolute fucking piece of shit. He just tormented Shelley Duvall and Scatman Crothers for the entire fucking filming of this. Like tormented them. Wendy, uh, Wendy, I actually just called her Wendy. Shelley Duvall, I think it actually said at one point that she'd cried so much that she had no tears left. <laughs> Uh, was it not she was going to walk off set as well? She has suffered from extreme mental health issues following the filming of this. She lost her hair. Like, she really went through the fucking ringer. In fact, I had this in my trivia for later as well. Um, where is it? Two seconds. Hey, where are you? I can't find it now. Oh, here we go. So, yeah. Um, Scatman Crothers had such a tough time on this film. Kubrick actually made him do over 100 takes for one single scene. Um, His next film he did after this was Bronco Billy, which was directed by Clint Eastwood, who, of course, um, is quite famous for trying to only use one take for each shot. Yeah. And when the uh, Crothers actually broke down in tears of gratitude in the first scene of that filming, Bronco Billy, when he realised he wouldn't have to do over 100 takes per scene. Shit. So can you just imagine the filming? Like, there's Scatman Crothers, a fully grown man, in, oh, um, I think he was like 70 at the time of filming, with Clint Eastwood, and he's just there crying at him. I'm surprised Clint Eastwood go, roll camera. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and then, like I say, 
Shelley Duval really, really did suffer. She probably got she probably got even worse than Scatman. Oh yeah. Um, to the point where she was actually, she actually had mental health issues and like I say, thing like physical issues like losing her hair and and, and other stuff as well. So, but um, some people, um, cr- like sort of still credit Shelley Duval with having the performance that kind of is kind of saves the movie whereas other people really really dislike her performance Stephen King really dislikes what uh, Shelley Duvall's performance but more I think um Stanley Kubrick's sort of directing of the character because he believes that um Wendy is just there to scream and look stupid yeah like um, it the, the way he uses her in this she she doesn't come across as the brightest chilling, does well, she? Well, if I remember correctly, she's quite a strong character in the book, right? Yeah. And here she's not. Yeah. Like, at all. Like, st- like she is kind of just a whimpering mess for most of this film. Ah. And, cause, because Jack treats her absolutely horrendously as well. Like, he's, he's Jack in this. Like, if I remember rightly from the book, and I might be wrong, right... Jack seems quite normal when he's going into the hotel and everything, yeah. and it's the ghosts that corrupt him. In Whereas the book. here, he seems like he's insane from the get-go, right? Yes, that's what I was literally just about to say. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> he comes in, and even in that initial interview with um, uh, with Allman, he he, you can tell he's fucking batshit insane. Yeah, like. The, that's the thing. If I remember rightly, in the book, she's she's more protective and like try to keep him together and try to keep her whole family together. Whilst in this, it's just she seems to fall apart way too quick. You know what I mean? Yeah. She she also I don't know. Like, was was it just me? She she seems to jump to. Obviously, we know that um, you know Jack's gone insane. He's going insane. We know what's happening, but ah. he hasn't actually sort of really done anything to Wendy or Danny other than, you know, just generally be a bit of an arse to, well, I say a bit of an arse, a big arse to them, but he hasn't really done anything to indicate that he's about to murder them, and she sort of jumps to fucking knocking him out with baseball bats pretty quick. I have noticed that myself. <laughs> I rewatched that, I'm like, I thought there was more to it than that. Yeah, so did I. We'd had the whole, um, I guess I suppose you had the whole Danny had bru- having bruises on his neck scenario, but yeah. da- even Danny wasn't blaming Jack for that because obviously it wasn't yeah. him. Um, yeah. So it's not even like you know he's gone to to Wendy and has said, "Oh, Jack did this to me," or "Dad did this to me." You know, he's yeah. he's blaming the the mystery woman in room two thirty seven. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think, I think Shelley Duvall's performance is fine. I think it's really good, but I think the writing of her character is poor. Yeah, like I, I think she got traumatized and she channeled that very well. And, but the the problem is, he wanted to be, like it seems like Kubrick wanted a stereotypical, like weak woman to be like not even protective over her son that much because she's not really that protective even though she jumps to the baseball bat really quickly it's not the best way of dealing with it you know well, what I mean? That, like the last what 15 minutes of the movie is Danny running himself away from Jack yeah exactly you know while she's just wandering about the house 
they're outside, like, and she's wandering about the house very slowly. Like, she doesn't run very fast. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like I said, the directing and I think the writing of that character, I think, says a lot more about Kubrick than it does about uh, Charlotte Duval. Ah. So, not a big fan of that. A character I am a big fan of, though, um, is, of course, our, our lead character, Jack. Because, yeah. and again, probably more down to the acting, because this is just quintessential Jack Nicholson, isn't it? Yeah, like, he does this so well. Like, he can go straight from... That's why he was such a good joker, you know what I mean? He, he can go from being normal to absolute psychotic in a second. It's the it's the eyebrows. He has the most expressive eyebrows in Hollywood. <laughs> 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 um, but you're right because I mean we'd already seen this in like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and and, and some of his other films and he, like you say it's, this is kind of just a role that was made for him apparently this he was Kubrick's first choice for the role other people were considered but uh, Jack Nicholson was Kubrick's first choice for, for the role no wonder so um, I remember though in the book we go into a lot more detail about his sort of uh, alcoholism and uh, is it his relationship with his father and what actually happened in his like previous employment and things like that. We get a lot more detail about that than we do in the film. Yeah, and there's a lot more detail about the book that he's writing as well. Yeah, because we actually have no idea what he, what he is attempting to write in the film at all. That's never suggested, uh. right? Ah, and I'm trying to remember what it is in the book now because I remember there's a lot more detail in it. I can't remember <laughs> what it is. Um, is it not like a, 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 a film manuscript? Is it not like a play? Is that a play? Is that a play? It could be I a play. I think it's, yeah. it's, either, it's either a movie or a play. Yeah. I remember it's one of those two. Yeah, it's not like a novel he's writing. No, it's. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's like either a screenplay or. A script. Like, yeah, a script or someone along that line. Yeah. Uh, so we, we get a huge amount of more backstory into Jack and I think having read the book and knowing that backstory I think that does enhance the film a little bit having a little bit more of that backstory listen I don't actually think we should be adding more runtime to The, <laughs> the Shining because The Shining is not a short film yeah that's true um, and whilst I love it that there is not a huge amount that actually happens until the last like half an hour um but it is I think good to know some of that back knowledge that we get from from the book yeah because here in the film we kind of discern to ourselves that well some of it's explicitly said you know he was it dislocated Danny's shoulder uh, in a yes. sort of drunken rage and you went sober for five five months, I think it was. Oh, um, and then he starts drinking again. And uh, then he starts drinking again. But does he start drinking again? Because where do you get the booze from? Well, that's the thing. The ghosts are giving him the booze. It's ghost booze. <laughs> I wonder what uh, what ABV that is. The, the, the spirit's got him. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> oh! Oh! And uh, uh, well, on that note, we'll see you next week. <laughs> there you go. I thought, thought you'd like that one. There you go. There's a promo clip. <laughs> oh, you're joking. You're not going to use that as a promo.
Of course. The spirit's got him. The spirit's got him. Everyone loves a dad joke. Oh, Jesus. Um, that's, that's the daddiest of dad jokes. That is. So, Jack is such a fucking tick to, to, to Wendy. You know, that whole scene where she brings him, like, a sandwich and he just flips his shit. <laughs> the thing is, right, I, I grew up in the 80s. I was born in 81, so I grew up right through the 80s. I remember blokes being that dickish to their wives. I, I, I remember seeing them explode. Like, put it this way. I remember my grandfather exploding because the mints wasn't cooked the way he liked the mints being cooked. Yeah, like, it, was... like, it wasn't. It wasn't like it wasn't cooked. It was just it wasn't cooked the way he wanted it cooked. Yeah, it's like, like again, I'm not saying. Uh, obviously, times are very different now to what they were yeah. 40, 40 I'm, I'm not years. saying. I'm not. I'm not saying it's a good thing. No, like, no, of course, the, of course the, not. The, the, he does that. Um, what I'm but... saying is, I remember like that scene. Just when he does that, it didn't seem that out of the ordinary, but you view it now and it does. Yeah, you view you know it now I mean? and you're just like, oh, dump the dump the cunt. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but back then you were just like, eh. Yeah, like, it, was, it, it was much more commonplace, you know, the misogyny was real in the 80s yeah. and before. <laughs> it really, <laughs> um, really was. So, we, we, it, it's, yeah, you have to sort of read it in the context of the time it came out. It was a very, very different time. Um, and obviously stuff like that wouldn't slide in 2022, but, you know, back in no. 1980 it would. Um, speaking of things that wouldn't slide uh, but in now in 2022, but did in the 80s, there's several N-bombs dropped in this film. Yep. Um, bit unnecessary really as well, wasn't it? Yeah, because it's, it's like, it, it's it, as I said, it's just a product of its time was that, because I remember seeing folk like there wasn't a lot of black people in Aberdeen when I was growing up let's put it that way and N-bombs were a lot of fashion <laughs> a lot of fashion yeah they they were definitely the word to say back then um yeah it's uh you know it, it's, it's just it's on it just completely ill-fitting I thought though with the rest of this story I know what you're saying obviously again it's an 80s it was a much more misogynistic and racist time but it just felt so unnecessary. Like, he could have literally just been, like, when he was, like, who's coming? He could have literally just said, the cook. And Aye. it would have had the exact same impact. Aye. So it, it was just a completely unnecessary use of the M-bomb. Yeah. So, but Stanley Kubrick... Films like this hard, that. Stanley Kubrick is just, a, you know, a racist and misogynistic piece of shit. Yeah. Like, he, he loves, like, I've noticed in all Kubrick's films, he loves women to be, like, proper abused in his films, it seems like. Like, he, he doesn't like women being in any way, shape, or form in control, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he just comes across like a fucking cunt, but quite a lot of directors were like that. Yeah, you know, he's not the, the first and, uh, you know, he's probably not the last. And, you know, time goes on. We continue to hear about directors more and more who, you know, treated people like absolute fucking shit. I think um, uh, Joss Whedon's probably the latest one, right? Yeah. And, you know, there's there's been multiple examples of it over the years. Uh, so, yeah, so that's Jack anyways. I think uh, Jack Nicholson, though, does a, an incredible job. Um what about Scatman then? 
And I can't, I, every time I say his name, all I can go is be ba da ba 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 what do you mean? I don't hear that at all. I just, uh, I just, I feel so bad for him because I know what he went through. Same with Shelley Duvall. Yeah. Like, I feel so bad for them both, knowing what they went through. But they've managed to create this masterpiece of horror. Yeah. It's, like, the way when he's talking to the kid about shining <coughs> the whole... Sorry, I'm losing my voice there. <sighs> Two seconds. It's a blessing in disguise, my friend. Uh, <laughs> the listeners are currently shaking their hands in celebration. <coughs> well, Don't have to hear any more shite about Dr. Sleep. I never said anything about Dr. Sleep, did I? Did I? Did you've, I? Did I? No. You've spoken about Dr. Sleep already in this episode. Exactly, but I'm not talking about him right now, am I? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah, the the way that they're like he interacts with Danny and telling him about the shine and all of that stuff, it's it's really really well done. Yeah, and I love that. Like his interactions with the kid are so well done. Yeah, yeah, no, he is. Um, again, something that was different in the book though, because I think this made him look. I felt at times in the movie his character was made to look more dumb. Than, yeah. than in the book, you know, things like when he arrives back at the Overlook when he's trying to rescue the family. In the book, he foresees his own death. Yeah. Um, he actually sees, or he sees foresees the potential of his own death. I can't remember if it's only like, I don't think like everything he sees can necessarily comes true, right? He just sees like yeah. what might happen. They they can change the thing that's going to be happening. That's the point of the shine. Yeah, exactly. they, they can where it's going to. They can see that point and they can change it. But in so in the book, he foresees that you know if he returns to the Overlook, there's a good chance he, there's a chance he's going to die. And whilst Aye, but he, he probably I don't think he does in the book, does he? No, he doesn't in the book. Yeah. Um. And whilst you know when whilst he's returning to the Overlook in the film, he obviously will know that there's an opportunity for that. But we don't see that, and I think it makes him look a bit you know, just a little bit dumb. Uh, and, you know, when he arrives back at the hotel, just to immediately, he immediately just announces his arrival to yeah. Jack. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, it's, it's, <clears throat> I don't know what's wrong with me. Hold on, I had a drink of juice. Oh, listeners, you have to entertain yourself for a few seconds because I'm probably not going to be arsed editing this. You <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for my co-host there. He can be a bit of a nub sometimes. He's a bit of a Stanley Kubrick of this project. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not in any way, shape, or form racist or misogynist. Did, did I say you were? I just said you're a bit of a Stanley Kubrick. Which which, which we have implied and so far in this episode as being a dick, a racist, and a misogynist. This is my 27th take on this whole thing. He's probably going to make me redo it again. <laughs> I can insu- I can assure all the listeners that all episodes of the podcast of the Damned are done in one take. Like the Cl- I'm more of what you're so-, so what we're actually saying is I'm more of the Clint Eastwood of the podcast world. It's a lie! It's a lie! This is the 59th take now! Please get me home! Oh, sorry. Yeah, true enough. It is normally done in one take. Don't hit me again! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> Sorry, I'll just wait I'll till we get all fucking air. 
<laughs> oh, not again, not again. Uh, uh, okay, so one thing I do want to talk a little bit about is some of the some of the script writing here because we've got some of the most iconic lines in horror history. You know, we're not even just talking about, you know, here's Johnny. Literally just moments before that, you've got him doing, you know, the three little pigs. Um, yeah. You know, you've got the whole sort of, you've got the red rum, you know, there's just... Um, I always found the the three little pigs thing more terrifying than the here's Johnny. Yeah. And like, I, well, I was I mean, I think as well, though, out with that. I think as well, though, being, obviously with us being British as well, for a long time, I didn't get it because I didn't know what it was referencing. Yeah. Um, which I think was a problem for Kubrick as well, because I don't think he... I think it was a line that was ad-libbed. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Um, like. Because he didn't know what it was either, because he lived in London. Oh, okay. So he didn't get it as well, which is... It's obviously a, it's a reference to... Um, Johnny Carson, isn't it? The, the Johnny Carson show, The Tonight Show, yeah. yeah. Um, which we didn't get here in the UK, so... I didn't get that. But um, we we'll go back to one of the scenes that you really love. It's the scene where he's sort of, they're sort of going, ascending the stairs when when Wendy has the baseball bat and, you know, he's trying yeah. to convince her to give him the baseball bat. And that's, he's just so manic at that point. Yeah. And I loved, I'm going to reference it, I loved the fact that they did that again in Doctor Sleep. Like, that whole tie-in with it, everything on the stairs, I think that made it so well. Like, it, it just referenced it so well, but I do prefer the Doctor Sleep version of the stairs than the Stanley Kubrick. You prefer the Doctor Sleep version on the stairs to Stanley Kubrick's? Yeah. Why? I don't know. It's just something about it gets me creepy. Like, it's creepier for me. Like, all the ghosts coming to get her. It just, it's just, I don't know why. It's just creepier for me. Oh. I just prefer that one. I don't know why. It's just my own personal preference, but I do prefer that. I, I don't even know what to say, Nico. <laughs> Did you hate it? I know. But the the bit in The Shining where it's, it, he's going up, like, like it's just. Like, at that point, you're sort of like, just smack him in a heat and get him done me. And in fairness like, to her, she fucking leathers him with that baseball bat. Yeah. So she has a good fucking go at him. But, um, no, I think he, uh, he, he, it's, it's, it's back to where Jack Nicholson's just in his wheelhouse, isn't it? Because he's that sort of, he's absolutely batshit fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he's just fucking saying stuff, you know, when he's sitting there going, oh, light of my life you know and i'm not gonna hurt you i'm just gonna bash your brains in and yeah it's just um yeah it's just it's 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 jack nicholson being peak nicholson isn't it yeah it's it's like he is one of the best actors like there there's not a lot of movies that i like one of my favorite ones he's been in is with michelle pfeiffer wolf and that's so underrated i think it's it's a really good movie if you get a chance to watch it it's about werewolves i and, would have never guessed it was about werewolves what was it called uh it's called shut the fuck up and watch the movie <laughs> But uh, it, it's actually a really good, like, that's one of the better ones that a lot of people forget about, if you know what I mean. Because mm-hmm. the special effects in it are absolutely gosh, so nobody would ever watch it nowadays. But it's actually a really good story. Go watch it, guys, it's shit. <laughs> the special effects are shit, I'm not going to deny it, but everything else in it is really good. Both leads are brilliant in it. The, like, honestly, watch it and just ignore the special effects. <laughs> 
Okay. Oh, I but thought, yeah, I thought like, you were leading to a point there. <laughs> but yeah, I forgot what the point was I was going to say. Like, oh yeah, like, so, like, he's such a good actor. Like, as I said, he's my favourite Joker. Like, he's which is that a, bit. Which is a statement, because we all I know, know who cause... the majority would say is their favourite Joker. Yeah, because, like, Granted the bit that, where he's course. pulling that... Oh, Jesus. Right, where he... <laughs> Where he's, where he's pulling that long gun out of his trousers to shoot the... the I can't even remember what he's shooting now. Is it the Batmobile? No, it's not. It's the Batway, I think. He's, he's going to shoot one of the vehicles from Batman, but he does it so stupidly. He came wiggling back and forward. It's like it, it's like he's dancing to his own internal song as he's doing it. And it's just... He just... He comes across as he, he's a different beat to everybody else, but in a psychotic way. And he just shows it, you know, time and time again in this film, like in such various scenes. You know, you got the the scenes in the in the gold lounge or the gold room or whatever it's called, where, you know, he's talking to the bartender and, you know, he's yeah. he's, he's off his fucking rocker, and then you know his interactions with Wendy. He's cause he's crazy in all kinds of different ways. You know, in, yeah. In those scenes where he's at the bar, it's almost like he's trying to sort of justify his own behavior at times, isn't it? You know, especially yeah. when it comes to the things that he's done, like to Danny in the past and stuff like that. Whereas, you know, he's almost he, he, he almost kind of portrays that he's maybe got a, a hint of remorse, but then he just goes full full fucking crazy, and you know, you realize in actual fact he doesn't, because you get the impression that he just despises his family the entire time. Yeah, like from start to finish, he comes across as he hates everyone. And you do like, get like what I do like as well. Like, um, Danny doesn't actually approach Jack at any point in the film. Not until that scene where you know he goes to the room to get a toy, and and Jack happens to be awake. Like, every time he's in a scene, he's with Wendy, and he runs yeah. to Wendy. He doesn't yeah. go to Jack at any point. But the that's basically what kids were like back then you leave your dad they they they've been doing all the work they've been but that's what families were like it was so fucking weird back then well you it's Mom's... funny you say that though because jack does fuck all of the actual work in this film i know he doesn't he's not doing any maintenance he's not running this hotel wendy is yep she's the one that's servicing the boiler the infamous boiler which we only actually get one shot of I know, it's so fucking weird. She, she, she's the one who's servicing the boiler. She's the one that's keeping everything clean and tidy. Jack's just sitting there throwing a fucking tennis ball against the wall. Yeah, and from miles away, that would be living divots in that fucking wall. Like. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. And that looked like an expensive wall. Speaking of yeah. the walls, right? This, I know it was the 80s, right? But the decor in this hotel is horrendous. <laughs> I know. It's more 70s style. That red bathroom. Fucking, oh, dinner. Like, that just... I would give you a hint. That's the thing. That's the thing. Everyone was like, fuck it, oh, folks were pilled off their heads in the 90s and noughties. Yeah, it didn't need to be in the 80s. You just need to go up the stairs. Because the the stairs would have... It would just be fucking... It would be like standing in one of them fucking revolving fucking tunnel things that you always get at those fucking amusement parks, you know, where you're walking and you fucking felt like you were leaning to the right. You know, um, it's like those... Uh, you remember that scene in American Psycho where he's like, can you keep it down? I'm trying to do drugs in here. Um, <laughs> in, in this film, it's like, can you keep it down? I'm staring at the walls. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking... 
fucking like like <laughs> I love those geometric patterns. If they were nicer fucking colours, it would be alright, but Jesus Christ. I, I remember what was that about four years ago, five years ago? I went to somebody's house that they just bought to fix their fucking sockets and everything. And it had not been touched since the seventies. The floor had the round version of these. So you've got like the, the red and orange and brown on the floor in most of the hotel. Mm-hmm. Like in the hallways. So that pattern, but instead it was circles. It's so you the... had a red circle in the middle, then an orange circle, then the brown would merge into the other orange circle and red circle. It's it also all... the uh, the avocado ba- bathroom suite. That that meant you were posh back in the day. It was. That was a that was like a status thing. <laughs> yeah, I was like, if you've got that, you've you've made it. Like if you had that, a soda stream <laughs> in a dishwasher, you'd made it in life. I remember when my my parents just moved into like their 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 home they lived in now. It was a really old woman that was living there beforehand, and they and she had a sky blue bathroom suite. Oh, so she wasn't quite posh, but she was on her way. She was. She was like upper lower class. Yeah. <laughs> like they had money, but not enough to throw away on that avocado bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so question, Nico, because we're we're people who frequent uh, bars. When was the last yeah. time you had an advocate? Uh, uh, the the last time I had one, and I will not name the bar, but uh, it was out of date, and they gave the bottle away. It was half a bottle of it. They gave the bottle away to me and one of my mates, and we sat at the end of the bar and finished a lot, and were puking the rest of the night fucking with that shit. It was disgusting. I, uh, I don't think... I, I genuinely couldn't guess where to go to buy a bottle these days uh i think you just see it at christmas time and places because i don't think you really see it in the supermarkets and things do you you don't anymore you used to yeah and i can't can't tell you the last time i saw it in a bar guys we do not recommend advocate it is a horrendous horrendous drink it's vile it's not tasty at all one of the other things that um, I wanted to mention. How much was Wendy dead flirting with the radio guy? <laughs> well, she's got to do something. She's not getting it here, is she? Well, she's already been there a month as well. Like, no, she was she was hefty flirting with that boy, wasn't she? She was like, "If you want to trim my bush." <laughs> no, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was missing. No. Uh... <laughs> What kind of forest can you get into, right? Oh. <laughs> I'm just wondering if that forest ranger got wood. But anyway. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, anyways, back uh, dragging us, kicking and screaming back to the film. Um, any other sort of big, what's your other big positives, favourite scenes? character moments anything else you know See, we can't not talk about the blood the blood like, elevator yeah that is like that is iconic that is so well done and i don't think that's in the book either it's not in the book and shockingly it took a really long time to film because they had to you know try and get the color of the the blood correct and 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 all of that but i think they did it in like three takes Really? But it just took a really long time to, you know, set up. Fucking must have been a nightmare, because that got everywhere. Yeah, well, it's 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 
I think it ended up being is it cranberry juice they used? Can't remember. Um, but because the because there's a trailer obviously with the, the the blood elevator scene in it, and um, they were going to cut the trailer. They like they weren't going to be showing showing the trailer. The the rating the ratings guys the MPAA said no we're not going to show that we're not going to have any blood in any trailers, and Kubrick had managed to sort of persuade them that it wasn't blood it was just rusty water. To get the trailer, past. but of course it, it was blood. Yeah. So, but yeah, again, it goes back to what we were talking about. You know, we we're talking about a couple of those scenes, like the here's Johnny scene, and you know the the climbing of the stairs and some other things. But the the blood elevator is again one of the most iconic pieces of imagery in horror. You know. Yeah. And you take that with other films. You know, it's up there with you know things like The Exorcist. You know, um, you know, and other massive, massive films like that. You think about like all the famous scenes you've got in like Halloween, and, and Elm Street and Alien, and like you know, it's it's right up there with all of those. It's right at the tip top. Yeah, but uh, it's it's not the one that's iconic for me in this. Like it's second. Like the iconic one is the one that I always laugh at, and it's the one that's like Naked Gun. You know, where he's cycling through. It just it, like I always just fucking think of the naked gun one you know like at the start where but and then he, he meets but the thing is that take on that in stanley kubrick the way he does it has been copied in millions of movies now and when he hits the twins you know he, he sees the twins mm-hmm. i don't think the twins are in the book either are they um no i don't think so they're also Can't not remember. twins by the way yeah, they're ten and eight, but uh, they're obviously just commonly referred to as the twins. But they're not actually twins. I'm. I was basically because like I'm taking loads of pieces here, obviously from my trivia. But there's so much fucking trivia about this movie. Yeah. Um, so I'm. I'm not going to be short of things to talk about when we get to that segment. But yeah, they're not actually twins. But uh, yeah, you're right. They're they're not yeah. in the book either. I, um, I don't think it's twins in the book, but I think they're twins in the movie. Are they not? Is it state? I don't think it's stated in the film. Is it stated? No, it don't. Doesn't he say at the start when you know he Jack's learning about the murder? Doesn't yeah. he say the guy killed his two daughters, ten and eight? Oh, does he? I thought he said the twin daughters at that point. What did he? I can't remember. Anyways, it's not massively important. By the way, how raging would you be if you'd just driven three and a half hours? So three and a half hours for a job interview and you get there and they're like, oh, by the way, the last person who took this job, I just butchered his fucking Hale family. I'd be like, okay, so there's an opening ready. <laughs> so you're saying I can move in today? Okay, that saves me a nerve track, right? Just <laughs> pop the shit up, let's go. Um, also, this is what I want to kind of know as well. Like, why did, like, Jack clearly hates his family. Yeah. Hates his wife. Hates his son. Yes. Why did he take them? Why did he just leave them and go up by himself? Well, Faz got to do all the work. You said it yourself. He just fuck all. Well, that's true. That's true. Him and Scatman could have just stayed there for the winter. Exactly. But then, again, he's he's the one that's meant to be doing it. Yeah. He's basically delegated because that's the other thing as well like he goes on and on at wendy about you know do you know about the responsibilities i've got to look after Uh, this place and it's like bitch you've done fuck all i know so just uh, a lot a lot of gaslighting uh and we haven't even touched on i think the one that's 
underrated in this is Grady himself. Like when he's interacting with Grady, I think that's the one that pushes him over the edge. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's the because obviously when he first finds out that it's Delbert Grady, he you start saying to him, "Oh, you were the caretaker, right?" Yeah. And initially, Grady's like, "Don't know what you're fucking talking about." Um, but when Drat persists, and it's just like a switch clicks off because he's obviously this really sort of polite waiter, um, uh. you know, who's like really professional. And then there's just this whole sort of thing that's that flicks, and Grady's like, "Right, you've got to go fucking kill everyone now." Mm. But it's, it's what is it he says to him again, uh, Jeeves or something. He, he calls him Jeeves or something like that. I always laugh at that. You know what I mean? See, the thing is, like, there is actually there is moments of levity in this film. Yeah, they're, they're few and far between, but there are a couple of moments in there, and it's um, where you actually find Jack to be a little bit charming, and and like he's obviously he's a little bit drunk, but um, the the initial interaction with grady is kind of one of them because you from like an abusive drunk person someone spilled a tray of fucking advocate down you you'd expect them to lose their shit aye but he kind of keeps his cool and cracks a few jokes with him doesn't he aye and it it adds to the character because like he does seem charismatic at that point like it's the bit the other bit he seems charismatic is the bit with the bathtub girl and where he's just fucking straight away goes over Earth and she's naked in front of him. He puts his hand in. You could see Jack Nicholson do that quite easily. You know what I mean? Well, Jack Nicholson <laughs> was a handsome boy as well. Aye. That's like what that? I mean. You, you could see him just fucking do that, no problem. Like, fucking straight away, just over. What would you do, lady. Nico, if you walked into the bathroom and there was and, just a, a, a naked... She was, a, like, she was a, an actual model, so there was a naked model just, like, there... Like, if you've seen her legs, she could wrap around you twice. That would be like a prayer madness. Anyway, right. What uh, would what, I do? What would I, you do if it was the old lady? I would, I would ask both of them to politely put their clothes back on. Oh, what, what a gentleman. Yeah. In fact, I would I would get the shower curtain and wrap it around them. <laughs> yeah, they're next. Yeah. Fucking ghosts. Fucking hell, they're creepy bastards. <laughs> My bathroom, you spooky bitch. <laughs> Oh dear. Anyways, um, any other sort of scenes? Let's just go for general overalls. We've been talking about this for almost an hour now, so any other general scenes that you want to talk about? Uh, not really, no, because, well, I've touched on most of the stuff that I was thinking was cool and that. Like, I, I do like, like, the cinematography in this is, like, by far some of the best that you touched on earlier. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I don't like about it is <coughs> excuse me sorry <laughs> the thing that I didn't like about it is genuinely the ending I, I thought it could have been it it seems more of a, a ending than a wow ending you know what I mean it's it's sort of it's a quieter ending than you'd expect the build yeah, up of it to be you know what like I don't know, like, I kind of love it, because it is different to what you would expect. It's completely out of the norm. Um, and so that, for me, makes it kind of work. Mm. You know, if you just got another sort of big blockbuster explosion ending of the Overlook blowing up, I think that takes away a bit of the horror aspect from it. Not really, because I think it, it was pretty good. And obviously, 
with the follow-up book, the spirits are still there, so, you know what I mean? Yeah, the follow-up book, the spirits are still there because we didn't burn the hotel down. Yeah. So, you know, for me, I, I prefer... I prefer this ending to the Doctor Sleep ending, shall we say. Or the original see, book I, ending. Uh, see, I, I prefer the book ending. But... You prefer this movie to Doctor Sleep, meaning Doctor Sleep. Is yes. Dead. Well, no. Yes. I I, yes. I prefer Doctor Sleep to the remake of Child's Play. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <clears throat> I would rather watch the remake of Child's Play than watch uh, Doctor Sleep. But we'd both rather watch this movie than both of those movies. Oh yeah, there you go. We've we've is that is that us just finally put the that's, debate to bed? That that's a compromise. How's that? Okay, because we're we're gonna have to do some compromises next week as well, but we'll we'll get into that. We'll do. I'll announce that at the end of the show. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, any other last call for you? Any other positives, negatives, points before we move on to our next section? I didn't even touch on the barman. Really, the barman is just creepy as fuck. Like he's got. It's, it's the weird sort of grin. Where's his chin gone? I know. It's like that fucking leaning down, so you can't. Like, you know what creepy cunts do at the bar for their ogling dames? Because you've worked in a bar so often. You've oh, seen what are you trying to say here? Like, you, <laughs> you've seen those creepy No, I'm saying you've worked in bars, you've seen them. You know yeah. those creepy cunts you always see at the end of the bar? Yeah. That, like, they're there by themselves. They know nobody. Like, I usually go up to they've, them and they've go, just... I usually go up to them and go, oh, hello, Nico. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Cheers. Uh, <laughs> lovely. Dickhead. No, but you you know what I mean. It's yeah. it's like the the guy that's in his forties and will go to like the under eighteens night. That yeah. guy. Hello, Nico. That's... I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> How dare you? I would never go to the under eighteens. I'd just wait outside. <laughs> right. But yeah, no, he is he is really creepy, and he's really sort of the first. See the first sort of ghostly interaction that Jack has. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he is. So he's like the start, the, really the start of his full descent into madness. Yeah. Because up until that point, yeah, he'd, he'd been a dick to Wendy, but the, it's almost like he loses any sort of sense of self now once he's had this meeting. Like beforehand, <laughs> you know, he's, he's maybe, maybe he is trying to make efforts to improve his behavior, to stay off the alcohol, to do whatever, you know, he's trying maybe to make himself a bit of a better person, but once his meeting, he meets Lloyd, that's it, that's out the window. Uh, it's like that that whole, you know, your money's no good here and all that sort of shit. I would love for a bar to say that to me, guys. If any bars in the local area, northeast Scotland, are out there, um, you know, feel free to, to say that to me when I walk in. The See, I've I've been comped in a night nights out more than once, and it's, oh yeah, uh, so have I. It's uh, it's it's very very fun. <laughs> yes, that it is. Um, one other thing that I want to quickly mention that we haven't talked about as well. I want to so cast your mind back, Nico, to when you watched this for the first time. That's a very did, very long time. It's a very long time. But what did you think when you saw someone getting sucked off by a dog? <laughs> Um, what? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> there's, there's nobody getting sucked off by a dog. 
you, you, are you kidding me? The scene where like the guy is dressed up as a dog. Oh, that bit! Oh, fucking hell! <laughs> I you mean an actual, actual dog. dog. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, did you watch the same movie as you? The guy dressed like what? They've got a name. I can't. Re- he's getting sucked off by a furry. A furry. Is it yes. A furry? Yeah. yeah. And he's a dog. Well, yeah. So yeah, it was. Uh, I remember, like, we didn't realize what they were doing because we were kids when we saw this. We were just like, oh, why are they playing wrestling? Well, no, it was mainly like, oh, so the 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 guy's a dog. He's obviously <laughs> he's he's giving him a treat or something. Was what we were fucking thinking. We never thought that. You know what I mean? So cast it with my butt to when we first watched it. Genuinely, we didn't know that was what was going on. <laughs> Fuck off! Oh, he's just giving him a treat. I bet he was giving him a treat. A wee milky got- treat. You gotta remember when when I saw this, it was one of those when I was at primary school running to my mates who was watching movies. And we watched it in like two different stages, you know, at the break. Yeah. So yeah, it was like fucking genuinely you were like, Oh, so is he like a ghost dog? Is he like like it was really a talking point because the film was creepy enough. Yeah, they just sort of threw that back in there. And I did like, and I, I must, here you go, here you go. I did like that they got brought back in Doctor Sleep. <laughs> is that the only thing you liked about Doctor Sleep, is it? Rebecca, uh, that and, and Rebecca Ferguson. Um, that, that and the music. That and the music and, and, and Rebecca Ferguson. And who? Rebecca Ferguson. Rose the Hat. Okay. I know. I know who it is. I just wanted you to say it again. <sighs> Dick. Um, yes, anyways, yes, shall we shall we move on then? Okay. Okay, let's go on to our next segment, which is the trivia. I'm sure if we bashed your head in, all sorts of secrets would come tumbling out. Uh, this movie, <clears throat> which remember, 1980, had a budget of $19 million. Fuck. Um, and grossed worldwide at the box office $47 million, so a big financial success. Um, although, having said that, so... I don't know if I don't know if you've seen this lately, but there's been a bit of a maybe not so like not massive ripples, but um, everyone I think who's listened to me do podcasts knows like I'm a huge fan of the movie Terrifier. Yeah. And uh, according to IMDb, because that's where I usually get my, my sort of figures from, they say that Terrifier. I think it had it says there that it has a budget as like something like eight hundred thousand dollars, right? Which. As you well know, for a, a, a movie in 2016, I think that came out, is a pretty small um, budget. How um, much did you say it was? It was like, eight, well, I'm, like, I know what you're about to say, but just, I'll, I'll finish. So initially it said 800,000, but uh, Damien Leone, who's the director, actually came out and says that it's about 35,000, uh-uh. um, which... It's a massive difference. There's a big difference between making a movie for 800, 800k and making it for 35k. Yeah. So, I think they've updated it now on the website, haven't they? I don't know. Oh. But I, th- I genuinely thought it was a lot less. That's what I was the way yeah. to say. I'm like, I'm like, I thought it was about 100 max, you know what I mean? Right. So, well, it's not even close to that. Yeah. Um, so, when we do budgets and box office and things, I think it maybe sometimes might just be needed to take, be taken with a little pinch of salt. 
It's it's there or it, well, it always says estimated for that. It does always say like approximately, um, but there's you know it depends like you know if it, if if a, if a film has a budget of nineteen million, but it actually had a budget of eighteen million, you know, a million pounds is a lot of money. I'm not saying it's not a lot of money, but when you get up to those sorts of numbers, does it really like it's, it doesn't really change your opinion of a film. But when yeah. you're talking the difference between eight hundred k and thirty five k, that's that's fucking huge. Yeah, plus nineteen million nowadays you know what i mean even now it's like more like, movies don't get that budget now that's what i'm saying like, so for you're, back you're, then like your triple a like what did scream just get made for actually that's a good question i want to see what that got made for um but i'm just trying to work out how much 19 million for but then would be nowadays you know what i mean that no, would be stupid, okay, stupid no, money. There's no budget on IMDb for Scream. Let me double check Halloween Kills. I'm just trying to think of the sort of blockbuster horror movies that have come out in the last year or two. Yeah. Um, and try and compare them a little bit. So, here you go. Halloween Kills, which came out at the tail end of last year, had an estimated budget of $20 million. So, th- there you go. It's very, very similar. And that's 41 yeah. years, 41 years later. Uh, anyways, so yeah, big, big budget film. Uh, but I do have a lot of trivia. I've gone through, like I say, a few pieces of the trivia already during the course of the episode, so I won't repeat them again. Uh, but we'll go through some of them. Uh, we'll start off with a thing you like, and we'll do the other people who were considered for the role of Jack Torrance, shall we? Yeah. Do you know any off the top of your head? I used to, but it's been that long ago. Okay, so I've got three, four, five... I've got eight names here. So we'll just go through them one by one. You can let me know what you'd think of them in the role, right? Okay. So we'll start off with Harrison Ford. See, I would have loved that, because he can play Psycho quite well. Can play Psycho quite well, yeah. Uh, We've got Robert De Niro, who I know you're a big fan of as well. Yeah, like, yeah. De Niro is, well... My birthday's coming up, and just afterwards is the 50th anniversary of Godfather, so I'll be going to see that, put it that way. That's how yeah. good that is. Um, we we, we kind of get a little bit order from here, but we, we've got uh, Martin Sheen. Ah, I could still do it, I think. Yeah, we've got Christopher Reeve. Mm, don't think that would work, like. Uh, James Brolin. Really? Mm. Mm, maybe work. Okay, here we go. Uh, Robin Williams. No. Robin Williams plays Psycho really good. I know, but back then it wouldn't have worked. No, because I think he was just, he just came out of Mark and Mindy, hadn't he? Exactly. That would have killed his career. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Picture this. Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> it would bring a new meaning to that fucking scene going through. <laughs> okay, and finally. <laughs> Chevy Chase. See, I knew about that one. I knew about the Chevy Chase one. Could you imagine Chevy Chase in this film? But you got to remember, he can be serious. He's Yeah, but come on. I reckon he would have pulled that off. Nah. And I reckon it would have been disturbingly fucking good. Nah, fuck that shit. He's <laughs> actually a good actor. Shame he's a fucking dick. Oh, yeah. Anyways, uh, we'll move on then to some of the other pieces of trivia. Uh, so... Obviously, the big famous scene where Jack breaks down the bathroom door, the props department, as they would probably do, I think, for, for most films who have a scene like this, they built a, a, a flimsy door, a door that could be easily broken. But yeah. um, earlier in his, in his life, Jack Nicholson had actually been a volunteer firefighter. 
And yeah, and you're both there. just ripped that door apart too easily. Um, yeah. Apparently, according to Shelley Duvall, they had to use 60 doors for that scene. Fuck. So... And they end up keeping the take that he thought was a throwaway. Yeah, and it took them three. <laughs> and it took them three days to film it. That one little piece of scene, because that scene lasts for what a minute. Yeah. Uh, there were so many changes to the script during shooting. A scene change was made almost daily. That Jack Nicholson claimed he stopped reading the script. He would only read the new pages that were given to him each day. He also said when presented with a revised scene, he would throw it in the trash knowing another was coming anyway. I feel very much like Jack Nicholson, had he been like anyone else, would have kind of suffered the same fate as Shelley Duvall and Scatman Crothers, but he kind of just didn't give a fuck. Aye. But he comes across like that. He said it. Like, he changes stuff so much himself. Like, the, the famous one that I remember was, is it called Departed? Where yeah. he plays the gangster, yeah, and it's like it's like he was meant to just kill the dame and that's it. And then he's like, okay, what about it? like think about this? We'll do it this way instead. And he's like, no, no, but wait, we'll do this as well. And then no, no, but wait, and it kept on escalating because he was making it escalate. Yeah, yeah. Like so... by the end of it, I think he says he's going to fuck her corpse. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like genuinely, oh, and that's we out had too of much. Ne- we had so too much necrophilia in the last episode. We don't need it in this one as well. <laughs> no, but I'm pretty sure it does end up being like he's like, oh, I should have fucked her one last time, and fact I think I will, or something like that, and they they laugh, <sighs> and it's like, it's it's fucked up. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, anyways, uh, Stephen King, as is well common knowledge, was very disappointed in the final film. He admitted that Stanley Kubrick's uh, visuals are stunning, which we've we've talked about. But he says that the movie was surface and not substance and describes the film often as a fancy car without an engine. Okay. So, not a a fan. Um, If if you put a soul in there, you've got a movie. (laughs) He, uh, obviously, as people also know, the the story was eventually readapted as a 1997 miniseries that followed Stephen King's book more closely. Um, This was because of King's dissatisfaction with Stanley Kubrick's adaption, but Kubrick owned the rights to the 1980s adaption. So in order for King to get the rights to readapt his own book into the miniseries, Kubrick required that he sign a legally binding contract that forced Stephen King no longer to be able to bring up fe- frequent public criticisms of Kubrick's film, save for the sole commentary that he was disappointed with Jack Nicholson's portrayal of Jack Torrance, as though he had been insane before his arrival at the Overlook. Which is what something that we mentioned was a difference between yeah. the book and the film. I find it interesting that, you know, Kubrick would, Kubrick was like, well, if you want to make the, if you want to make your own story again, you're not allowed anymore to 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 bash my my version. But the fucking Kubrick's a cunt. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Like genius director, but he's a pain in the fucking arse for anyone that worked with him. Yeah. Um. So one of the few people well uh, worked on this film that Kubrick was quite protected over was Danny Lloyd, who played Danny. Yeah. He was a child. Um. And in fact, like he would not let like a lot of the scenes where like um, some of the scenes where you know uh, Wendy's running and some of the more horrific scenes, Danny's just uh, Danny's just played by a doll. Um, yeah. And he would tell he didn't know he was in a horror film at the time. They would tell them he was just in something else. Um, so he was quite protective over Danny Lloyd, but um, he made him do a lot of retakes as well. That shot of the tennis ball that rolls into his toys took fifty takes. 
thought. But is it not true that they didn't let him go to the premiere and didn't let him see it for years or some shit? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Because I'm sure it was fucking spoken about. So, like, um, du- like it was spoken about during the fucking, I know I'm bringing it up again, Doctor Sleep thing, because fucking he got interviewed so much about fucking, you know, how he spent his time on the movie. Yeah. And how he would, how he thinks of fucking, you know, the new Danny since he's not playing it. I remember it was heaps of interviews like that going about. Mm-hmm. So, um, Stephen King, this 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 just emphasizes how much King hated Kubrick, right? In a recent interview, Stephen King said that although there was bad feelings and a lot of bitterness and rivalry associated with his relationship of St- with Stanley Kubrick, he did have a twinge of satisfaction in knowing he outlived him. <laughs> <laughs> You died first, you cunt. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just how much he fucking hated him. He was He's glad he died first. Yeah. I'm still here, your name. Na 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 na. Na 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 na. Hey, hey, hey. Sorry. I sort of get that. <clears throat> I can understand how he feels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the scene where Wendy is running scenes a room where a man in a costume is having sex with the former hotel manager was never explained in the movie, leaving the audience very confused as to why it was there. In the book, during a year at the hotel, the manager had a secret homosexual affair with a party guest dressed in a dog costume, which is the closest explanation. So it was in the book. Yeah. Just uh, saying there. And uh, apparently, originally, uh, John Williams was set to do the score for this. Really? Like, I would have really been interested to see what a John Williams Shining score would be. I know. Like That would be... Fucking epic. Yeah. How to make the movie better. Uh, Well, I mean, the score is still fantastic for this film. Oh, no, no, but still. Uh, And finally, despite the critical success of the film, it was nominated for two Golden Raspberry Awards. One for Worst Director for Stanley Kubrick, and one for Worst Actress for Shelley Duvall. It lost to both. But, well, it doesn't surprise me that it was nominated because the Razzies like to make headlines. They do. They do. Um, any other little tidbits of knowledge floating around the top of your head? Uh, no, not not at the top of my head, no. Okay. Well, that's all I've got for trivia. Quite a lot to get into there. Like I say, probably nothing too new or groundbreaking. Like most of that's common knowledge. But I mean, it's forty-two years old now. What new can what what can I bring that's new to that film? Uh. So we should move on to our next segment, which is the ratings and the reviews. A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. We'll start off as we normally do with the critics. IMDb scored this movie at 8.4 out of 10. Metacritic scored at a 6.6 out of 10. The Rotten Tomato critics giving it 85% fresh, with the Rotten Tomatoes audience scoring it at 93% fresh. Critics consensus. Though it deviates from Stephen King's novel, Stanley King... Stanley... Stanley King's... Stanley Kubrick's The Shining is a chilling, often baroque journey into madness, exemplified by an unforgettable turn from Jack Nicholson. We threw it out to you guys, our followers and listeners, as we always do. And on average, you guys scored this movie an 8.8 out of 10, which is one of the higher scores, but not the highest score that you guys have scored 
um, a movie. Let's read out some of the opinions that you gave. Howling Jay's Spooky Story says, It's still in my top 10 movies of all time, of all genres, and so I guess it's what I'm calling a 10. As near perfection as I can get. Uh, friend of the show, Ren, gives it a 7. While a very good film, I read the source material before and think that King tells the story better. There are changes Kubrick made that I don't agree with, and that holds it back from being a great film for me. Rad Rebellious says, Solid 10 out of 10. It's in my top 10 favourites of all time. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, another friend of the show, Gamer Geek, says it's an eight. It's one of those movies that, to this day, still makes me feel so uneasy. It's a very unnerving film, and to still have that hold over a viewer is quite great. Uh, Boomer gives it a nine out of ten. For some reason, I always want to rate it lower. Then I watch it, and it just delivers. And I kind of like that explanation. Mm. Uh, Maya Grimley gives it a 5 it wasn't an amazing movie or a scary one but it wasn't horrible either I definitely like the book better Haven of Horror scores an 8 out of 10 it's a great film but I just wish it had been more like the book Saturday Starlight says I'll say 9 I have a lot of feelings about this movie but overall it's hard to deny how incredible a film it is Matthew McMillan scored it a 10 incredible film I believe it's one that gets better with each viewing and Martini Giant also gives it a 10 there are a few horror films that I love more than this one and none of them are quite as perfectly, iconically fashioned as The Shining. Grand, coyly hilarious, haunting, and mercurial. Possibly my favourite Kubrick. So thank you to everyone who got into touch with us. Uh, that just leaves Nico. On a scale of 0 to 10, what are you going to score The Shining? I'll give it an 8. An 8 out of 10. What's your points coming off for? Yeah, just, like, genuinely, it's just coming off because it's it doesn't like the end and it doesn't do it for me so that's one point off and okay. the other point is basically i know what kubrick put the actor through so he's a fucking cunt so it's just because he's there it's been taken off okay. and that's it okay uh, i'm also going to give it an eight out of ten so we are in agreement here so what did you take yours off so mine's are coming off for um the same thing one of the same things for you are in terms of how kubrick treated the treated people and basically the racism and misogyny that's in this film is entirely unnecessary um so we'll take some points off for that and there is there is some loose ends in this movie that are a bit unexplained like like we're just talking about with the the manager and the the guy in the dog costume and um you know but uh aside from that i think everything else is is, is pretty much perfect one, one thing we didn't actually talk about, the fact is, there's only one murder in this film. Oh, yeah. Fuck, I never thought that. Actually. Two deaths, because obviously yeah. uh, Jack dies, but there's only one murder, and it doesn't happen until yeah. after two hours into the movie. Yeah. Fucking... So I never thought of that. Actually. There you go. Uh, all of our scores combined with the Crick scores gives The Shining an average score of 8.2 out of 10 and means it is tied for 6th place on our leaderboard with the exact same score as The Lost Boys. I'd rather watch The Lost Boys. I know you'd rather watch The Lost Boys. So that means that after this is the 20, 27th episode, 26th movie that we've covered on the show, it's only taken 26 episodes and that's Scream just been knocked out of the top 10. Jesus. Which is surprising. I, I, I'm quite surprised by that. Not necessarily from my perspective, because obviously we gave it the ratings that we did. But yeah. uh, I'm surprised that everyone else's ratings didn't pull that one up further. 
Oh, excuse me. Shit, sorry. I think we're both dying. <laughs> I think we're both dying here, guys. Um, I, I literally... That went into a lung instead of... Oh, Jesus. Nice. Took a drink at the wrong time. Uh, we've Sorry, only, listeners. We've only got a few of the bad letterbox reviews this week, um, so we're just going to quickly jump into it. The Shining, more like the shitting... Well, that's just a shitty one. This movie is not as good as The Muppet's Christmas Carol. What? (laughs) How can they be compared? (laughs) This one's not even funny. I just included it purely for you. Doctor Sleep is better and superior. Well, there's a lot of like, as I said, I watched this with Theta and she preferred Doctor Sleep. Like, there's a few people said it to me that they prefer Doctor Sleep over this. Okay. Well, they're entitled to their opinion. They are, and I've I've disagreed with them. I've told them that I do prefer The Shining, but they've talked to me about it because I do like Doctor Sleep as well. (laughs) Um, So, we're going to mention Winnie the Pooh, giving that bloke a blowy ten minutes before the end. (laughs) (laughs) Was he a dog or was he a bear? It's a dog. Is it not like a Dalmatian dog. dog or something? It was a, I thought it was a dog too. And finally, this happened to my buddy Eric. <laughs> what happened to Eric? It was the film. What? Eric went mad when he was writing a book and killed his family. Well, tried to. And then froze to death. Pretty much. So that was it. That's all I had for the, 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 the bad letterbox reviews there wasn't actually that many amusing ones people tended to just say if they didn't like this film it was boring or give it an actual review um so yeah that's it but thank you to everyone who sent in your ratings we really appreciate it nico i've got i've got um i've got something to i've got a surprise for you what's that so you know how last week um you took part or not last was it last week you took part in our trivia challenge you were the first person to take part in the trivia challenge and since you did so so well Oh, Jesus. And we don't actually have the next guest on until next week. You get to do it again. Hello, Amanda. I want to play a game. W- would you like me to go get a Z and she can do it? No, 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 no. No, no, this is... You're, you're, you're getting a second bite at the cherry. No, because it put me through hell last week. I'll well, get you're Zita about to do ha- it. Well, you've just got to try and do better. No, I'll get Z to do it. No, no. No, no, you just stay on. You just stay on. No. I'm, I'm queued up. I'm ready to go. There's no time. I, I can get that sorted. In no, no, it's seconds. fine. Nico, are you ready? <laughs> no. I See, this is the thing. I should do it to you, technically. Well, you know, I've seen the answers to the question, so you're just going to have to... You're just going to have to... <laughs> you're just going to have to fucking live with it, okay? Uh, but I did so badly. And well, it was what I'm I saying. This is a tight chance for you to do better, okay? Like... See, see, because it's timed. My brain just goes, nope. Well, to forget about the time, because the mo- it's more important getting the questions right than getting the time right. I know, but because it's timing, like because the timing will only come into fa- into play if there's a tie. I know, but it still gets me. Like, do you know how much sleeping it stopped? Do you know how much I went? I know the answer to this, 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 this. And it was just fucking annoying. Right, <laughs> Like, well, it, it hurt my don't soul. Don't worry about the time. Remember, you can pass, and we'll give you a second chance at each question when we come back. So there's no pressure. There's this no pressure. This is mean. Okay? This is mean. So this is attempt number two, Nico. Are you ready? 
no, because this has genuinely just been sprung on me. Like, <laughs> no. Like, this is going to be worse than last time. <laughs> okay, um, so prepare yourself. And your time... It, no, not yet, not yet, right? <laughs> Listeners, can I just say I am doing this under duress? I, I do not want to do this. This is so mean. I'm going to cry. This is what I mean by Isa Kubrick. <laughs> Listen, you won't have to do another one after this, okay? We, it's just because we had no guests this week. No, no, it's how it's take two. That's all I'm saying. Take two. <laughs> Listen, both your scores will go into the leaderboard. It's fine. Yes, I'll be top and bottom. And then it'll be both bottom. <laughs> top and bottom. Imagine being the top two after three weeks, though. Right, hold on. I'm going to have a drink of juice in case I choke myself again. Okay, so the premise of our trivia challenge is, listeners, because I haven't even explained it to folks, um, every week we will have a very different guest on the show, uh, just so happens that we didn't get our first one organised until next week, uh, and they will take part in our trivia challenge. It is 15 questions. The object of the game is simply to get as many of them correct as possible. At the end of the year, 2022, so obviously we're, we're recording this in the middle of January, the end of the year, the person or persons who have the top scores will win a yet-to-be-determined prize, which hopefully we'll be announcing relatively shortly as well. Uh, the questions, it won't be me, that's The questions... Uh, I mean, you can't win anyway. I know, but still. You can't win the prize. That would be that would be a bit shit if you won the prize. Nico's just taking part. We're just seeing yeah. where you're landing on the leaderboard for this. Um, the questions are from all aspects of horror, not just the movies that we cover on the show. Um, and you can tell... like. You can tell me whether you think that this week's is harder than last week's, okay? Oh, God. So, are you are you ready now, Nico? Well, considering I just got sprung on me now and I didn't know about it, at least I knew about last time. But sometimes but, uh, that's better. It, sometimes that's better. I thought, I, I, was, I thought you'd be blissful, uh, bliss and ignorance. Yeah, you're evil. Yeah, I am. Okay, are you ready, Nico? Oh, come on then. Okay, uh, so 15 questions and your time starts now. The following tagline is from what movie? It will tear your soul apart. It. What is the name of the demon in the Sinister franchise? The fuck knows, because I hate that franchise. <laughs> are, you, are you... Is that a pass? Pass. Or, that, that's okay. a bin that question, I don't okay. care. Saw, Dead Silence, Insidious, The Conjuring and Malignant are all movies from which director? Right, I'm trying to remember what Ian's I've seen. So you said Saw. Saw, what was the other one? Dead Silence, Insidious, The Conjuring and Malignant. The Conjuring. Fuck knows, who is that again? <laughs> is that not the one guy, but I can't remember his first name. Okay. Uh, in, what year, in what year was The Silence of the Lambs released? That's one of my favourite movies. You're a dick. <laughs> Fucking, I'm trying to remember how old I was. I was 10 or 11. 91. 92. Who, I have to take your first answer. Who directed God. The Mist? The Mist. The Mist. Stephen King's The Mist. <laughs> Fuck knows who, who did The Mist again. See, I, I wanted to say Carpenter, but that's not it. That's The Fog. Pass. 
David Howard Thornton plays which killer clown? Uh, Spaldy. Which band? That's totally wrong. Fucking hell. Oh which my god. B- <laughs> 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 this is what I mean. This is not good. You're which so- band? Oh, you have to get this. Played the titular song for A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors. I genuinely don't know. Oh my god. <laughs> Pass. In The Ring, how many days after watching the videotape do you die? Uh, fucking, is it not like a fucking week? Seven days, is it not? Which actor plays the title character in Shaun of the Dead? Uh, oh, what's his name again? Nick Frost. In what fictional town does the Scream franchise take place? Is it not Woodsboro or something? The following quote is from which movie? By the way, I would have voted for Obama for a third term if I could. Uh, oh shit, what's it called? That one where they're all hunted. Pass. How many days did it take to film Paranormal Activity? Pass. Tony Collette, Millie Shapiro, Gabriel Byrne and Alex Wolfe star in which horror movie? Oh, oh, what's it called again? Oh, I've just seen the head come off. Oh, shit, what's it called? That's got to you, man. Pass. What is the confirmed body count in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Eight. And finally, according to IMDb, what was the budget for The Devil's Rejects? Ten million. Okay, right, we'll go back to your passes. Who directed The Mist? The Mist. Fuck, no. No idea. No idea on that one. Okay. Uh, which band plays the titular song for A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors? Pass. Nah, Dream no idea. Dream Warriors. Come on. I can hear it, but I just can't mind fun, oh. is it? The following quote is from which movie? By the way, I would have voted for Obama if I for a third term if I could. The Hunt. How many days did it take to film Paranormal Activity? Uh, and finally, Tony Collette, Millie Shapiro, Gabriel Byrne, and Alex Wolf star in which horror movie? This is the one that's thrown me because I fucking know it and it's hurting my soul. <laughs> oh, uh, head coming off, head coming off. Hooray, Terry! And we shall stop the clock. How did you think you did? Did you think you did better or worse? Oh, I'm definitely not... worse. Definitely worse. Definitely worse. Definitely worse. Okay, yeah. let's go through. I'm sure. Anyone at home who's listening to this is probably absolutely hating you with every inch of their soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's go through this. The following tagline is from which movie? It will tear your soul apart. What did you guess for that one? I can't even remember. I just remember it being wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It was Hellraiser. Yeah. 
which is you know i thought that i thought that was one of the easier questions Nathan, that is one of the easier ones yeah um what is the name of the demon in the sinister franchise it was bagul bagul i don't care i hate that franchise saw dead silence insidious the Conjuring and Malignant are all movies from which director? I'm going to give you this because it's James Wan. James Wan. I, I remembered it. I'm like, it's Wan, but I can't remember his first name. So I was going to say John as well. So I'm going to give you that one. I'm generous. What year was The Silence of the Lambs released? Now, you initially said 91 and then changed your answer. I know, and it's 92, is it? Uh, it's 1991. Fuck off. You got it right. <laughs> oh, did I? Yeah. Oh, you didn't change it. It's first no, I answer. You. I told you you had to take your first answer. Oh, that's alright, that's fine. I, I did that for a reason, Nico, so you could get a point. Okay. Who directed okay. the... See, I'm not all evil. Well. Who directed The Mist? You didn't have any clue for this one, did you? I, I, my brain just it fried. It was uh, Frank Darabont, who's the same guy who did uh, Shawshank Redemption and The Green Mile, who also did The Mist. Yeah. Uh, question six. David Howard Thornton plays which killer clown? You said Captain Spaulding. Oh, no. Which is who is played by the incomparable Sid Haig. I know. It was, as soon as I said it, I'm like, that's totally wrong. Do you want to have a guess at any other famous horror clowns? No, because it's breaking me. It's fucking breaking me so bad. I mentioned the actual movie. It's that the Terrifier one as well. I it's know. Art the Clown. Art the Clown. I forgot the name of it. Question seven, and this is the one that I, this is where my disappointment in you has actually sprung from, Nico. Which band played the tight titular song for A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors? I can't believe you didn't get this. Any okay. any any guesses now that the time the timer is off and the pressure's off? I do know it, but I just can't think just now. It was Dawkin. Dawkin, okay. Question eight. How many days after watching the videotape... In the ring, sorry. How many days after watching the videotape do you die? You said seven. The answer is seven. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sure it's a week. You absolutely... <laughs> this one. You're going to kick yourself with this one. Which actor Which plays the this? title character in Shaun of the Dead? You said Nick Frost. <coughs> Nick Frost oh, plays fuck. Ed in Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, no. It's Shit. Simon Pegg. Yeah, yeah. I've said the wrong one. You're going to kick yourself with that one. Uh, question See, 10. Is, I'm, I'm not good against the timer. In question 10. In what fictional town does the Scream franchise take place? You said Woodsboro. The answer is Woodsboro. Yes. You're not, you're not, you're not okay. You're okay. Uh, question 11. You're going to kick yourself for this one as well because you, you knew it, but you didn't know it. <laughs> the following quote is from which movie? By the way, I would have voted for Obama for a third term if I could. Did, I actually, did you actually give an answer in the end? Yeah, I said the hunt. The hunt. You said the hunt. It's get out. Get out. That's it. Uh, question twelve. How many days did it take to film Paranormal Activity? You said ten or something. I don't know. The <laughs> answer stupid. is ten. Fuck off. You got it right. <laughs> Just a pure guess. So, question thirteen. Tony Collette, Millie Shapiro, Gabriel Byrne, and Alex will start in which horror movie? You said Hereditary, which is the correct answer. I know, because that one stuck. Like, I'm like, I know the answer to this. I know the answer. Like, see, when you were doing the past ones, I couldn't think of any other one, because I'm like, I know the answer to this one. I'm concentrating on this one. Uh, question 14. What's the confirmed body count in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre? You said eight. The answer, though, was five. Oh. And finally, according to IMDb, what was the budget for The Devil's Rejects? You said $10 million. It was only $7 million. But you weren't far off. Um, so, Nico, you scored... Yeah. Six okay. out of fifteen, which is one better than you did last time. 
I was more stressed this time, you could. You did hack, although you did take um, almost a minute and a half longer. Fuck, really? You took 3 minutes 38 to get give us your 5, you took 4 minutes 59 to get your 6. Fuck it But, that means it's a, it's a new benchmark for whoever's on next week. Oh yeah, that's true. So, so you, you did better. So whoever's on next week will be first and I'll be second and third, is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but you did better, so you, you could be happy with that. No, I'm not. I'm really not. Like, it hurts my soul. But that means that does give you a total of 11 out of 30. <laughs> oh, God. Anyways, thank you, Nico, for taking part again. Not that you had a choice. I think I've upset, oh, I've upset him. You have. I've upset you. Uh, shall we get out of here then? Because that's going to do it for this week's show. <laughs> it's, it's evil. Like I said, he's Kubrick in the making. So, uh, we up, should stop him now. Up, <laughs> up next on the show, we're going back to another one of our old debates because we're talking about the original Child's Play. <laughs> See, I love the original one. <laughs> We're talking about the original Child's Play. We've got special guest uh, Mac from the House That Screams podcast will be joining us for that. He will also be taking part in the trivia challenge. He'll be the first official sort of guest of the trivia challenge. Um, obviously, Nico, you've done our first two weeks. Um, but yeah, we'll have yeah. Mac on to talk about uh, Child's Play. So very, very excited for that. Don't forget, follow us on our social media. You can follow us on Twitter at damn podcast we're on facebook instagram and tiktok podcast of the damned email us pod of the damned at gmail.com support us on patreon patreon.com forward slash pod of the damned also leave us a five-star <laughs> rating and review on apple podcasts Sorry. and itunes and just ignore nico's coffin throughout the entire listening of this I, episode I, i've just forgotten how to drink juice i've just inhaled it in my lungs forgotten, instead. How to drink juice, forgotten to yeah. forgotten anything about horror forgot yeah just i'm, I'm going to see now you forgot. Well, you are old, my friend. You are old. Thanks. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, so yeah, join us next week. We're going to be talking about Child's Play. It's going to be a good one. Um, we've also got some top ten episodes. I'm lining up some top ten episodes for us, Nico. Um, so that'll be good and exciting. And we're going to obviously dropped our first mini review because I went to go see Scream. You've not seen Scream yet, right? Nope. Nope. I went to go see it in the cinema. Where I dropped a little twenty two minute i think it is mini review last weekend that you can still go and check out and see what i thought about it i didn't like it um which when it comes to screen movies i don't think is a shock really to anyone yeah um but yeah you can go check that out as well so loads and loads of content out there please go check all of that out if you like horror video games then you can watch me streaming horror video games every single weekend uh, it's at twitch.tv forward slash that scottish gamer guy uh, so please go check that out as well and if you like the simpsons you can check out my other podcast because i do a simpsons review podcast called willie hears you a scottish simpsons podcast nico where can people find you on twitter i i changed it because you told me to i did tell you to can you yeah. remember it yeah, so it's Nico twenty two Ross and Ross is like lowercase Ross. There you go, Nico twenty at Nico twenty two Ross. Give Nico a uh, I should say a phone. <laughs> give him a phone. Have a chat. <laughs> maybe don't give it. Maybe don't give you a phone. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake. Okay, that, that would just I, be that... so weird if fucking somebody's listening to this. I'll give Nico a phone. I how's it going? I've been told to phone you. Yeah, you never know. You might have a nice wee conversation. 
Anyways. It would be weird. Thank you, Nico, once again for joining me. Thank you to everyone who's downloaded and listened to this episode. We really appreciate you. And until next week, you all stay spooky out there. <laughs>